Welcome back to another episode of The Body Talk. Today I am joined by Nikki, who is a YouTuber from California, and she's the first Indonesian YouTuber I've ever watched, and uh, being part Indonesian myself, I was really <laughs> empowering, it was really cool, so I thought it would be amazing to invite her on the podcast, and today we're going to be talking about the experience of being a brown Southeast Asian woman. Nikki, could you introduce yourself to the listeners, please? Absolutely. So hello, everyone. First, I just want to thank Isabella for inviting me onto the Body Talk. I think this is so exciting. Uh, but my name is Nikki Tambunan. Uh, I am an Indonesian girl living in the US. And as Isabella has said, I am a YouTuber. Um, and I'm just really, really excited to talk about uh, this colorism issue today because it's very serious. So I'm really excited. <laughs> Me too, me too. Um, so getting straight into it, one issue that is rarely spoken about in the mainstream media is colorism within the East slash Southeast Asian community. How has this been an issue um, growing up as a brown Asian girl? So um, the example that I like to use when talking about colorism and just representation in the media, uh, I like to use the example of advertising. So just like advertisements, they target us subconsciously and they affect the way we buy things and the way we see certain brands. Um, representation in the media is like, it works the same way. It affects us, uh, affects our self image uh, also on a subconscious level because if the media is telling you, hey, this is the standard of beauty and you look nothing like that, then at the very least, it's going to have you start questioning like, okay, so does that mean I'm not beautiful? Um, in the first colorism video that I posted, I mentioned that I transferred to a predominantly white middle school. And middle school, at least for me, was a very formative time. I feel like it's a lot of, it's like a time where a lot of people feel very like awkward and insecure already. But um, so being surrounded by all these girls who were blonde and blue eyed um, and also seeing that in the media and not having anyone that looked like me in the media, uh, I struggled a lot with self-esteem and beauty because uh, that's what I thought the standard of beauty was and I wanted to look like that. Um, I also remember the first time that I went to visit Indo, I was in sophomore year of high school. So in the US, that's like age 14, 15. And all that was on my mind when we took that trip, when me and my family took that trip was, I wanted to buy whitening products. And just to clarify, cause I, I do get some comments about that, but um, this isn't like those like skin brightening products that help with like hyperpigmentation or anything. These are legitimately whitening products. Like they say that on the bottle. And it was so strange because everybody in Indonesia looked like me. They were like a deeper skin tone, but then all of the models, all of the people that you saw on TV, on the billboards, like they were all super, super pale. So, um, and then I wasn't really conscious about colorism and how much it affected me until about like 2016 or 2017. So I was like 21 or 22 at the time. And, uh, I just remember I was editing a selfie and you know, when like I, I was like using Lightroom or something or not Lightroom, sorry, like Afterlight. And I had made two versions of the photo 
And, you know, like when you're trying to pick a picture from Instagram, like, you know, you go back and forth, you know, which one should I post, which one's like slightly better. Uh, and I ended up choosing one. And what was weird was I kind of like after I posted it, I kind of looked at it and I was like, why did I post this particular edit? And I realized like I picked that photo because that was the filter that made me look a lot lighter than I actually was. And I immediately deleted the photo um, because it just I just felt so sick because it, it was like a realization just hit me. And I just felt really ashamed because this was something that I didn't realize all these years. Um, it was it was so sick to think that like growing up, I had this image of like, oh, lighter skin, whiter skin is like more beautiful. So sorry, I was like rambling a little bit. <laughs> no, no, I think it's, it's so ingrained in society that white equals beautiful. And if you're not white, that then you're not beautiful. And yeah, I mean, I had a similar thing like growing up, like you said, like, because you're constantly, what you see on the media is constantly white people, like white models or lighter skinned models. You don't see yourself as beautiful. And then when you realize that it's, it's kind of, it's really upsetting because I wouldn't want any little brown girl to feel like that ever. It's just sad. Um, how did you, how did you overcome that? Do you still, or do you still feel the same way or are you now happy with your brown skin? Now I am 100%, I would say for the most part, comfortable in who I am. Uh, but it, it did take a while, you know, I was very, I don't know, like if anyone listening used to use Instagram back when it first started, but there was like the Valencia filter. Uh, and that was like, I always use that filter because it just made me look super white, uh, super pale. But comparing myself to who I am now versus that girl who was like so even subconsciously just trying to make myself look like something I wasn't I would say I'm like you know back I'm where I need where I want to be um but it took a lot of time it took a lot of like reflection and healing it's not an easy process definitely yeah it takes a lot of time it's because it's so I mean, I already said it, but it's just so deeply ingrained that it takes time to unlearn all those already preconceived ideas that we have in our head. Um, yeah, it definitely takes time. So yeah. to all our brown skin Asian people out there, what advice would you give to them to learn to accept uh, our skin color? Um, okay, so I am somebody who's very much into implementing steps that you can take like that same day uh in a perfect world I wish it was as easy as like stop caring about what other people think or just believe you're beautiful you know and then boom like okay I'm, I'm cured but um it's like what you said Isabella like it's just so deeply rooted in us um and you know to be fair not just in the Asian community but of course with um I know I get a lot of comments from uh people who are in the Hispanic community the black community just all different you know races so it is a little bit harder than just believing that you're beautiful but I guess to preface uh, I just want to say like I had mentioned earlier it's definitely not an easy journey and for anyone you know that's struggling to accept themselves uh, I just want them to know that this 
once you accept yourself and love your skin, it still isn't going to stop you from experiencing colorism, but it will give you the strength to understand why certain things happen the way they do while still feeling beautiful about yourself. So uh, in terms of tangible advice, uh, number one, stop using filters. I had to learn that, whether it's like on the Instagram stories that like, you know, lighten your skin um, or whether that's editing your photos in a, you know, in Lightroom or Photoshop and trying to like make yourself look wider. Uh, that's probably the number one thing I would recommend. Uh, number two, uh, people might not like this one, but for me, I had to really clean out my social media feed. I noticed I was following a lot of Australian white models that looked nothing <laughs> like me. Um, yeah, I like noticed that I was following a lot of girls who just did not look like me. And I was like, wait, if I'm seeing this every day, you know, going back to the advertisement thing, of course, it's going to become ingrained in me to like, oh, this is like what beautiful looks like. Um, so definitely clean out your social media feed, follow people who look like you, who have the same skin tone as you. Um, and even if you don't want to unfollow, like if you can't unfollow people, just the mute button exists, which is awesome. Um, and then the last tip for success I have is show some skin and put on body glitter. Honestly, I, I think that's one thing that really helped me. I used to put like body glitter on my like uh, right here, whatever this is called. Uh, and just like on my arms during the summer. And I think like looking down and seeing like the brown skin with like the glitter, it's a little silly, you know, at first, but I think that really helped to like make myself like, oh, you know what, I am a beautiful child of God and I love my skin tone. So I would recommend that. <laughs> beautiful, I love that. I've actually been wanting to get, like I was looking up body there the other day because I think it's so cool. Like it, it is good ones that you recommend. <laughs> Um, I usually just use anything from like Target. I know Elf has one. Rihanna, yeah. I know. Has yeah. One. I would suggest like any kind of because I would just use like uh, my highlighter. Like I use like champagne pop. So I would just put that like right here, right here. Like, you know, put a little bit like uh, you can mix a little bit into your lotion um, and then like apply that on your body. So I think that's like a really fun way. It is fun. Yeah. Because I think. Mm -hmm. Not that it should be like inclusive, exclusive to us, but it is something that only belongs to us. And that feels kind of mm -hmm. like we can make our skin, we can make our melanin pop. I'm just, yes. I'm just saying that. Like, yes, yes, um, absolutely. And I, I really like what you said about the colorism. Like you can't change it. There's always going to be racism. There's always going to be colorism. But if you can understand why it is there, that's going to help you so much. And just just being confident enough in yourself to say yes it exists but it doesn't need to impact me because I'm like happy with myself I think that's really empowering put it that way I agree um I think that also a lot of people I see a lot of people in my comments who are saying like well just because there's going to be more representation doesn't mean like that's going to get rid of colorism or get rid of racism and it's like well duh like nothing is going <laughs> to fully you know disable the system but it can help build up, you know, young girls and boys who have that, you know, self-esteem issue because of their skin, because, you know, they feel ugly. Like people don't understand that. I think humans of all kinds, all kinds of humans, like they need that um, reassurance that they're beautiful. You know, it's not shallow. It's not stupid for wanting that. But the more you can make people feel uh, represented and seen and just 
like they matter I think that goes so much further than people will realize yeah for sure for sure (laughs) talking a little bit more about YouTube what inspired you to start YouTube because I know that also a lot of your videos do talk about being Indonesian about being Southeast Asian what inspired you to make those kind of videos uh okay so this is gonna sound kind of I guess shallow, but <laughs> um, I remember I was watching these uh, this Asian YouTuber um, and she had like recommended this lipstick and this blush and uh, she's, e- she's East Asian, very lighter skin. And so I bought the lipstick and the blush that she was uh, raving about. And when I tried it on, I looked so horrible because it didn't fit like my, you know, skin tone. Um, but to me, it was like, I don't get it. Like, she's Asian. I'm Asian. Like, why doesn't it look as good on me as it does on her? And I had already been making videos um, before this, before my first colorism video. But that really kind of like set a fire in me to represent for like the girls who look like us, who are, you know, of the deeper complexion, uh, who might have had like, I know I'm not the only one who probably went through that, like, kind of realization like wow like there is a difference and I don't think being different is like bad I think it's actually pretty awesome because that way we can share in each other's differences and um, those differences make every person beautiful but I yeah I realized like okay I would like look up I would try to find like youtubers who would look like me and I couldn't really find any so I'm very much a person who's like I'm not gonna wait around if it's not there I'm just going to make it myself, you know, like if there's no Indo YouTubers or, you know, Southeast Asian YouTubers, well, like I'm not going to sit around and like cry about it. I'm just going to go and be one and make a channel and represent. (laughs) I mean, that's literally how I found YouTube, like your YouTube channel, because I was the same. Like I couldn't find any YouTubers that were like me. So then I think I just looked up like Indonesian YouTubers and then you popped up. Really? That's awesome. Some representation is beautiful, yeah. Because it's true, the makeup thing, I don't think that gets spoken about enough. You'll be watching a makeup tutorial and they recommend these products and then you'll buy them and they just don't look good on you, obviously, because everyone has different um, like complexions. Sometimes that is frustrating. So yeah, I'm I'm really happy that you're doing, that you did that and you've started it because... We need a bit of thank you (laughs) yeah I think like I get a lot of like hate comments on YouTube because I talk about colorism but the ones that say you know oh um I I just get like so teary because some of the comments are like you're the first like girl that looks like me that's on here or like thank you for speaking up about this I feel like that kind of like that makes all of the bad comments like white noise in the background you know it's because people like girls and like who look like us they do need representation and I think like seeing those comments even amongst all the hate it's worth it to like keep doing this I think especially with everything going on recently as much as I wish that it didn't have to take like really horrible events to happen in America I am glad that finally people are speaking about um East Asians and Southeast Asians in particular more and actually realizing that we're not just a monolith and there's other <laughs> there's other countries other than like China, Japan and Korea. So yeah, 
I'm glad that you're doing it and uh. <laughs> there's definitely more people out there as well doing it more Southeast Asians too I have seen others but yeah more would be nice more would definitely be nice um, definitely <laughs> and so not everyone listening to this I'm sure is Southeast Asian but um, how can they support us when it comes to accepting our skin color I think the number one thing uh I'm a firm believer that language is very powerful so the first and I think the most impactful thing you can do is just be mindful of the language you use don't say things that like if you're out in the sun just be like oh I'm getting so dark you know or don't be like don't I know like some girls uh I know this is like a lot of uh, I've heard this a lot in the black community especially but they'll say things like oh I don't normally date dark-skinned girls or you know so I think number one just be mindful of the language you use and um, also just kind of use what you have Uh, so for example like if you're a photographer and you're trying to just like you know have a shoot uh, maybe consider inviting darker skin uh, people to you know be your model Uh, if you sell clothes or something like that consider you know uh, collabing with influencers who are darker skin it's all about, you know, you don't have to change the world, uh, but just do what you can in your small way because a lot of small changes equals big impact. <laughs> definitely, definitely. In terms of microaggressions or just comments being made growing up uh, in relation to your brown skin, what, what has been your experience with that? Aside from, you know, the typical aunties and like the older Indonesian women in my life who, you know, make comments about my skin or they say things like, oh, like you've been spending out, spending a lot of time out in the sun or, you know, you need to like avoid like going out so much or you're getting darker, huh? Like uh, those kind of comments, like, you know, now I feel like it's just like water off of of a duck's back. Like they don't really affect me anymore. But uh, while I was in like college and like uh, hitting my early twenties, I did notice that uh, not that people would say anything, but like if me and my boyfriend or me and my friends uh, would go into, let's say, a predominantly white uh, restaurant, we would get a lot of looks. And I feel like people treated us as if they thought we were like dirty or poor. Um, But what was sad is like, I would also go to places where there was a lot of East Asians, uh, like Korean restaurants. um, And the same thing would happen. So it kind of sucked growing up because you know, it just feels like everyone is constantly like rejecting you or thinking like, you know, down on you. And you really have to develop a thick skin, I feel. So out of those little microaggressions and out of those comments, I feel I became a lot more stronger and a lot more secure in myself. So just want to say thank you to all the haters for doing that. (laughs) Like that's, that's probably the biggest issue for me but I do know that um, a lot of people not just in the Asian community but colorism does play a factor in terms of them getting a job or how they're perceived I know that a lot of um, darker skinned black women uh, if they dare to like you know voice their opinion they're labeled as like aggressive Um, so I do think that the whole notion that like whiter skin lighter skin is supposed to be associated with like beauty and softness and darker skin is associated with like you know masculinity almost which is not a bad thing in itself but when you don't want to be perceived um as that I think 
you know, that causes issues. But yeah, it's just, it's just like an uphill battle always when you're a darker skin, darker skin woman. The shout out to the haters because they, they do make a shout out to the haters. Stronger. On that note, I'm going to end this episode of the podcast. A big thank you to Nikki for, um, well, a big thank you for representing because it's really made me feel represented as a Southeast Asian woman. So big thank you for that. And also a big thank you for coming on the podcast. Isabella, thank you for having me on. Thank you for, you know, creating this podcast for um, people to just learn more about not only colorism, but all of the other things that you've talked about. Everyone go check out the other episodes right after this one. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for having me. And uh, on May 1st, in time for Asian American Pacific Heritage Month, uh, I will be launching an Instagram blog slash platform specifically geared towards darker skin Southeast Asian women. It's called Sunkissed Sea Girl, and it'll be live on May 1st if you guys want to check it out. Everyone has to go check it out. <laughs> um, on that note, I will end the podcast, this episode of the podcast, and I will talk to you all next time. Bye-bye.